Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is sponsored by Estee Lauder Companies. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner, and in this special episode, I'm joined by Leslie Crowther. Leslie is the Vice President of Consumer Engagement and Retail for Estee Lauder, and I wanted to bring this conversation to the podcast because I receive a lot of questions about the business side of the beauty industry, and Leslie is an excellent resource. Whether it's how to start a career in beauty, the advice she'd share with someone keen to work in any area of the beauty industry, what trends and changes we'll see in products and how we shop for beauty in the coming years. We also discuss the role social media plays in the beauty landscape, as well as what her favourite products are. All links to the products discussed will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this podcast. But for now, it's a very warm welcome to Leslie Crowther on The Emma Gunn Show. So I am joined by Leslie Crowther, who is the Vice President of Consumer Engagement and Retail for Estee Lauder Companies. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Delighted. Well, I'm very intrigued to have a conversation with you because you are um, a big deal in the beauty industry. (laughs) And I think a lot of people listening might wonder how one becomes an executive for one of the biggest beauty companies in the entire world. And so, um, yeah, tell us everything. (laughs) Goodness. Well, um, I suppose, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, how did you start your career in beauty? And I kind of think beauty for me has always been something that I've been interested in. Mm -hmm. So at school, I was, my nickname was Lip Mam Queen. I'm not entirely sure if that was complimentary or not. Um, But I think it probably reflects the fact that I just had a real passion for all things beauty, all Mm -hmm. things glossy Mm -hmm. um, growing up. I was a bit of a contradiction in terms because I was also a bit of a mad keen sportswoman and liked to be in the army as well. So, you know, (laughs) we all have lots of different levels. You can wear lipstick and be on the hockey pitch as well, I think. Um, But I suppose the official answer is, you know, when I graduated, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Um, But advertising seemed like an interesting angle. Mm -hmm. So um, I was lucky enough to join the graduate scheme of a a big advertising um, agency. Mm -hmm. Uh, And L'Oreal was one of their clients. Uh, and they asked me and they said they, they, they felt I would be a good fit in beauty, which clearly was music to my ears. Mm-hmm. So um, I started off working on, on that account. And then about 18 months later, um, I moved 
um, to join Estee Lauder Companies, um, which was 15 years ago. Uh, and since then, I've done multiple different roles, so eight different roles within within the company wow. across 15 years. Yeah, lots of different things, which is one of the brilliant things about this organization, I have to say, is it mm-hmm. really does foster growth and allows you to try lots of, of, of different um, facets out within beauty. Um, and that's my story. And that brings me to... I know a lot of people who work for this company from the PR side of things in my career as a journalist and now as a content creator. And people stay at Estee Lauder for a long time and are incredibly happy here and incredibly passionate mm. and, are, and are extremely loyal. And one of the things I've noticed, and I'm just curious about these eight roles that you've had, <laughs> is if you if you see an opportunity, it seems to be a company where if you say, I think there's a role here that we don't have that we maybe need that would look like this... They do tend to, as you say, foster that and encourage it and help you move those sorts of projects forward. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons, I think, why it it, it keeps people here for so long, because ultimately our people are everything. And, you know, that might sound very cheesy, but it is absolutely sort of the family values of the organization are one of the real reasons why I think that the company is so successful and also why it's such a fantastic place to work. Mm. And, you know, in my role, which looks after consumer engagement and retail for the group, that role didn't exist until I stepped into it two years ago. So I saw an opportunity that um, was needed within the business, as did many of our senior executives, both in the UK and globally, um, in terms of doing things that were sort of behind the scenes that help to join the dots for some of mm. our brands. So um, I agree with you. I think it's exciting to be part of an organization that recognizes that its um, its team members can kind of drive progression as well mm. as sort of maybe some senior leadership as well. Mm-hmm. And what does consumer engagement actually mean? <laughs> Who knows? And <laughs> um, I know we love a long title. <laughs> well, so consumer engagement really, so we have 29 different brands within the portfolio at Estee Lauder. Um, and each of them have got their own unique identity and they operate very much kind of as their own brand and their own business. But, you know, we're all in the same game, which is is luxury and, and beauty. Mm. So consumer engagement really is the thing that sort of sits behind um, all of those brands and helps them to join the dots in terms of understanding our consumer, which mm. is kind of really at the heart and center of everything that we do and mm. um, understanding kind of insights and trends and feeding that back into the brands to support them on, on their strategies and their communication. So really, it's about, I guess, connecting and understanding what the consumer is looking for and using that to fuel the way that we communicate and and, and connect mm. across the whole portfolio. And you said it's 29 brands. 29 brands. 29 brands. And you, it, you have something to do with all of them. Yes. That's, Many plates. Well, exactly. I was about to do this, which <laughs> is um, the universal mime for spinning plates. Um, that, how do you... I, as a journalist, I find it very, very hard to keep up with 29 brands and obviously there are many many more how in your role are you able to keep ahead of the game on each one well I think you know ultimately the brands are very much making decisions for themselves as they Mm. should because I think you know their personality and their team's personalities are the thing that shines through in the way that the brands connect with consumers Mm -hmm. and what I help the brands to do is find some universal truths because you know when it comes to consumer behavior and trends and the way that people and women and men are connecting with beauty there are some things that remain the same so Mm. I think while yes we need to make sure that every brand is unique there's also some things that I can help support across the portfolio and you know it is like spinning plates constantly but that's what keeps it fresh Mm -hmm. and you know all of us are living in a world where we're doing 500 different things at once so at least every day is not 
dull. <laughs> <laughs> and the marketing industry has completely transformed because of the digital revolution. Mm. So uh, how do you understand what a consumer wants in the year 2019? Well, I think the great thing about digital, well, there's lots of great things about the digital revolution, but I think it allows you to tap in in a much more immediate way to consumer behavior mm. because the reality is that we can see and understand what consumers are doing because of the way that they're connecting with us on all of our digital platforms, through our websites. Um, so I think that allows us to have a much richer source of constant information. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, though, that, you know, data is important, mm -hmm. but I am a very big believer in the power just of, of direct conversation. So we, are, we, we tend to surface insights through kind of, yes, big mass data, because it allows us to bubble up key trends. But we do a huge amount of work, which is just directly having conversations with consumers themselves, with beauty advisors, with credible voices in the beauty industry, and um, through kind of panels and direct mm. conversation. Um, because that, for me, very often is, is much richer than necessarily just looking at a spreadsheet. So I think the two things go hand in hand. Mm. Um, and, and as a result of that, we, we feel that we're always kind of constantly connected into what the consumer is looking for. And with social media, I think what it does is... Um a brand could put something out there and it could have a huge social media response and it would read as, as a success. And that does seem to be the way things have gone a little bit recently. But do you, do you still think there's uh, something to be said for the slow burn, the product that launches and then becomes slowly over time the icon? Hugely. I mean, hugely. I and think, is the approach to those two things completely and utterly different? Yeah, well, I mean, th I think sometimes also products can take us a little bit by surprise. Mm. You know, ultimately, consumers want what they've always wanted, you know, which is personal recommendations from people that they trust and products that work. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's really important to make a big bang around a, a new conversation or a new product launch. And other times, actually, you just allow consumers to do that talking for you and mm. um, which very often can actually be a lot more powerful mm. so I think um my my view also is that I think you shouldn't necessarily feel that you constantly have to make big splashes and, and constant noise on social and the reason I say that is because I think you don't want to devalue the quality of the product and the quality of the mm. conversation around around kind of innovation by having what it feels like just a relentless tidal wave of newness and mm. um, because in actual fact that I think can make the the kind of quality or the iconic nature of of the things that have been maybe nurtured and developed for you know five ten years within the company seem not quite so precious mm. so I think that there definitely is a balance between between the two mm. um, and and for me the power of of social media is very exciting but actually the power of conversation directly with our consumers um, you know in in department stores and with our beauty advisors mm. is also equally as important because that is really truly where you get actual I think emotional engagement mm. you might get lots of likes on a social post but that power of one-to-one -one connection and kind of high touch and making someone smile and feel mm. great about themselves just like we're sitting opposite each other having a conversation mm. now I think is much richer than a conversation on social media so I think the two things are, are key. In my experience working with estate order companies particularly the on-counter experience is something that has always been top of mind and whenever I've come in for appointments or whenever there have been new launches or what have you, it's always been about this is what the consumer will experience on counter. And that's actually quite unique. Yeah. And I know you've done lots. There are lots of innovations on counter with things like um, 
the ability to translate or there's lots of languages available mm. so that you can communicate with whoever does come to that particular counter. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're exactly right. You know, Mrs. Estee Lauder founded this company and it was all about making women feel beautiful. Mm. So not about beauty being about perfection, but beauty just being about making you feel positive and making you feel great. Mm. And that comes from direct, you know, physical connection, which mm. happens in store. But um, that's one element of it, which obviously is fostered through the amazing people that we have at our, what we call point of sale. It's a very marketing term, mm. but who, who we have in our department stores mm. um, or stores around the country. Um, but then the other exciting thing about um, about retail is the evolution that, um, that digital and technology mm. can help us to kind of extend that experience. So we do um, make sure that we cater to consumers with all different beauty needs and, and different beauty goals in, in many different ways. Firstly, physically, because, you know, beauty advisors, we have over 8,000 beauty advisors across our brands across the, the UK. Um, they now speak over 70 different languages. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Google Translate technology. Mm -hmm. It can actually be having a direct conversation, mm -hmm. which is lovely. Um, but, you know, we also make sure that there is the technology and the ability there for because some consumers don't necessarily even want to have a conversation. They want to, pers they want to personally navigate through the store themselves. Mm. So providing them with digital technology that if they do speak a different language or come from a different country allows them to do it in the same way as they would in their own home turf it is very important we also use technology in store to um to really elevate the expertise of our advisors so um, we have new skin diagnostic tools that allow you to see beyond um kind of the surface of the skin um, and adding to that then you have a beauty advisor on hand who can kind of talk about why the products would be right for you how to apply them mm. that personal touch and those two things together you feeling like okay I'm getting a really really um, deeper look at what my skin needs mm. um, but I've also got someone here who can help me to understand when do I put it on you know mm -hmm. when does this go does it go before my moisturizer or after mm -hmm. it like basic things mm -hmm. that everybody I think needs to talk about I think that adds to um, a really unique connection and so we're proud of having the two things I think as part of our future. I'd be really interested to know if the conversations have changed on counter in the last few years with, uh, I feel like in my own experience that the beauty consumer, definitely listeners to this podcast, are so savvy about ingredients in a mm -hmm. way that they weren't a few years ago and whether that um, means that the need to elevate the on-counter experience is more yes. important than ever. hugely. I think one of the most exciting evolutions, actually, I would say in the last 12 months within this industry has been a little bit of a lifting of the lid in terms of, you know, what ingredients mean, what ingredients mm -hmm. go into products, what it, what they do for the, this their, their skin. You know, consumers are looking, like we all are, to be educated and have information. Mm. Um, and I think that five years ago that wasn't necessarily the case in beauty, but it now definitely is, it is something that we all champion. Mm. Um, so I think what we have um, a responsibility to do is make sure that our beauty advisors are armed with the same amount of information that consumers can get online. Mm. Um, and we do that obviously through kind of face-to-face -face education um, with our teams, but we do a lot more digitally in that regard as well, mm. primarily because there's just such a huge volume of information and mm -hmm. um, that that actually it's it's one of the more efficient ways for people to feel connected into um the ways that we're we're, we're telling these stories to our consumers you mentioned mrs estee lauder a couple of minutes ago and i'd like to just touch on that because um before christmas there was a big lunch that i attended with the entire lauder family it was a yeah. very big deal i know that people listening would have seen it on my social channels and i just wonder if the legacy of mrs estee lauder is still evident 
within the business today? Oh my goodness. I mean, honestly, I mean, I feel in a funny way, like she still permeates a little bit through everything that we do. Mm. And, you know, she was an incredible woman. She founded this business um, as a woman in an age where this really was not necessarily things, mm-hmm. something that, that women were doing. And fundamentally, it was also created for women mm-hmm. uh, to make women feel empowered um, and, and good about themselves. And also she really worked hard. You know, she was massively entrepreneurial. And I think that entrepreneurial spirit is something we're a huge global organization now. But it's all about making sure that we are staying fresh and challenging ourselves um, in, in the way that we think, because that was the way that that, that she thought. Mm. And I think because the family are still very much a part of the company, obviously, I mean, you saw and met many of them. And I know you've met, met some of them before and then also at the lunch that adds a real personal connection mm. to it because, you know, Leonard, who is her son, um, you know, has so many stories about her, um, some of which I can share and some of which I can't. <laughs> um, but I think that also is very unique. And the family are very involved, you know, um, th- the whole way through multiple generations. They work for the company mm. um, work incredibly hard, are very inspiring, um, but also have direct, you know, I have direct relationships with many of them. And mm. that is, um, for me, wonderful um, inspirational. Um, and, you know, someone like Jane Lauder, who runs runs the Clinique brand, is just the most incredible woman, also has the most amazing wardrobe. So that is also fabulous. Um, I but, that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, her, her accessories are delightful. Um, but I think that is one of the reasons that Estelada Companies is so unique, because mm-hmm. the family values and the spirit of Mrs. Lauder lives on. And one of my favorite quotes is, um, I didn't dream about success. I work for it. And, you know, we we love it (laughs) and I love it. And I feel like um, sometimes, you know, when you're having a having a tough day, Mm -hmm. you just have to think to yourself, you know what? Life can be tough and work Mm -hmm. can be tough. But if you work hard, then you can achieve things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I'm very proud to be part of the organization. This is such a difficult question to ask you. I'm looking at it and I'm just thinking this isn't fair, but I'm going to do it. Oh, no. What's your favorite ELC, Estee Lauder Company's product? Oh, goodness. I don't think it would take me a, a week to choose. Um, I think if I had to choose one, it would be Advanced Night Repair. Yeah. I have used it since I was 23 morning and night and I think that's the, the the funny thing about that product is because it's called night repair everyone yeah, assumes that you should only use it at night but you can also use it in the morning under your moisturizer and my skin honestly thanks me for it I think the reason mm. why I use it is because I notice it when I don't mm. um and also it's a really multifaceted product so mm. you you use it essentially as a serum and kind of a, a real kind of supercharger for your skin which is just gorgeous it feels super silky it's very hydrating but then it it can also be used to make your foundation a bit more dewy mm-hmm. or you know during the day especially you know I spend a lot of time in air-conditioned offices if you just pat a bit on on top of your foundation mm-hmm. it makes your skin look hydrated at sort of that three o'clock slump so there's lots of different ways to use mm-hmm. it and um, it's a great product and I love it can I can I say one more okay so the other one would be origins um drink up overnight mask I don't know if you've come across it it's the one in the green tube Right. It's so delicious. So you put on a very thin layer on before you go to um, bed at night on cleanse skin. And it's got apricot and avocado kernel oil in it. So it smells completely delicious. And you put a very thin layer on, go to sleep. And I swear the next morning your skin is like a baby's. I mean, it's just <laughs> gorgeous. It's very sensorial as well. So I'm quite a sensorial I'm gonna fan. I'm going to have to give that another go. Yeah, Advan- highly recommend it. Advanced Night Repair is one of my favorites. And Dame Georgie Dawson, as I like to call her, <laughs> the day that we went out and she said, oh, you know, you can use it in the daytime. Yeah. 
It's a game revelation. Changer. I know. Game we have changer. had many discussions about changing the name, but I don't think that's going to happen. So. No, A&R. Yeah, A&R. It's the, just the, the little brown bottle. It makes me laugh that um, the shorthand, for we have shorthand in the industry for so many products like DDML, yeah. dramatically different moisturizing lotion from Clinique. But this DDML is almost like a, it's almost onomatopoeic. I can't even say the word. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. On about a peak. Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, yes. Oh, now we're both getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been with this company now for 15 years. You are blazing a trail. And I guess one of the questions I would like to ask you, and there are two ways to ask it, is what's the advice that you would go back and give yourself at the start? And what's the advice that you would give somebody starting out? Ooh, advice I would give myself. Um. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think I care a huge amount and sometimes I very much sweat the small stuff, Mm. Um, which sometimes I think is what makes me who I am, but other times I think sometimes I just wish I could let the small stuff go. Because I, you know, I, I, I take... Um, defeats or if things don't work I do take them very personally Mm. so um, but I think as you get older and wiser you recognize that that is just a part of life Mm. and definitely when I was younger it affected me a lot more than it affects me now Mm -hmm. so I wish I could kind of go back to myself and say this is okay like everybody fails Mm. Um, and sometimes you don't get things right but it's it it is and I don't mean this to sound cliched but it is about the way that you deal with it and move on Mm. that that makes you better um, so I think probably that's the piece of advice that I would I would give myself. Um, in terms of other young women starting out in in the industry, I think um, you know do your research, get into store. You know, mm-hmm. social is very important, and I think it can be a great way to understand the kind of conversation that brands are having, and can allow you to develop a, your own point of view on what you think the beauty conversation should be. Mm-hmm. But get into store talk to advisors, see how consumers are engaging with beauty. That is really important. Mm. Um, We spend a lot of time at counter and a big part of the fabric of of what um, our teams do here is is we we spend time getting out of head office and into store to work, to chat, Mm. because that's kind of where a lot of the magic happens. Mm. So I would say definitely I think that is, is hugely important. 
And then I think the other thing for me is, you know, social media is is a very big part of the way that we all connect and communicate. Um, but I think it can fuel fantasy in a way that can be um, can make beauty feel a little bit too much like perfection. And yes. I think beauty is not. Yeah, exactly. And beauty is actually for us at this company, not about perfection. It's mm. about positivity. So I think um, think about social media as a, a great place to learn, but not necessarily to feel intimidated by. Because mm. actually what we feel more find more and more is that consumers are connecting with you know, credible voices in the industry and influencers who, who, who are who real mm. and, you know, who, who are slightly vulnerable. You know, mm. none of us have perfect skin all the time, even if you are using advanced night repair you twice a day. You should have seen me when I woke up this morning. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a reality. So I think also um, that that's part of it. Um, and I think, you know, work hard and stay focused on what you want to do. It's mm. like everything in life. Um, and then you can get there. Let's go back. Work hard and focus on what you do. That's the advice, isn't it? That's yeah. kind of the core of it. Yeah. And I understand what you say about sweating the small stuff. I feel exactly the same way when I look back at how I used to react to things at like 25 and 30. Mm. And it is, I, I'm, I'm a bit like you, I've accepted it and gone, well, that makes me really passionate and care and give a damn. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to apologize for that. No, exactly. I, I feel very similar. Mm. And I think... I'm but also very uh, naturally just an empathetic person. Like I care about what, how other people are feeling mm. and what other people are thinking. Um, and I think that also makes you a good leader. Mm. So I think exactly like you said, embra- we should embrace it and not see it as, yeah. um, as a flaw. And I often think that my 25-year-old self was already mentally in some ways where I am now. And that was a level, that was quite frustrating yeah. because I still had my 15 years of learning to do, <laughs> but I really did feel like I knew where I wanted to be. Yeah. And so I found that there was a bit of a mismatch. Now it feels like it's sort of a bit more aligned. I don't know if you feel that. No, very true, actually. I always knew that I was capable of, mm. I don't know, I mean, getting to the top sounds ridiculous, but I knew I was capable of, of good things within mm. this business. So I think you're right. And I think it's about, um, you know, you all have days where you feel like you are nailing it and Mm. days where you feel like you're definitely not. Yes. Um, But I think that's also okay. Like no one can feel perfect all the time. No. No one. Why would you want to? No, exactly. Surely that's boring. Um, There are so many new brands. Have you ever thought that the beauty space is becoming overcrowded or do you think that there's room for everyone? I think it's such exciting times for us um, within the beauty space. I mean, there is a huge number of brands out there. um, And, you know, more every year we see new numbers of brands launching into the market. I think it makes it harder for consumers to make choices about Mm -hmm. um, about who who to choose and, and what's going to be right for them. But no, I don't feel actually like it's getting too cluttered because I feel Mm. like the brands that will stand the test of time are the brands that have quality at their core and are very open about the kind of conversation um, around beauty that the consumers want to have um, and that continually innovate. Mm. And all of those are very much kind of foundations that our business has been built on. And one of the reasons why we have so many brands that I think have continued to evolve and kind of be very iconic on the landscape, really. Mm. And one of the other, we talked about social media and that kind of technology changing things, but from the other angle, do you think technology will change the actual beauty experience? Like in 2050, goodness me, that sounds so far away. (laughs) In 2050, what will bathrooms look like? Do you think there will be gadgetry and high-tech tools to... 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. There's a, we are having conversations about that sort of thing now. So I think by, you know, in, in what are we, is that 30 years 30 away? Years. Yeah, yeah. That I think it definitely will become a, a, a reality. Um, you know, I think that all of us will have smart mirrors. I think smart mirrors will be connected into things like weather, temperature, climate, humidity, that will help to um, help us to make decisions about the products that are right for our skin on, on any given day, any given time of day. I think that's definitely a reality. I also think, you know, you see it now with uh, many, many other um, kind of technology platforms that s smart replenishment also, I think, will be a part of our beauty future in terms of um, knowing and understanding when products have run out and automatically mm -hmm. replenishing them for you and um, so sort of take that friction away from that mm -hmm. consumer, you mm -hmm. know, path to purchase. Um, I also think that bathrooms probably will still be places of discovery and fun and enjoyment about beauty. So I think those things will stay the same. But mm. technology, I think, will revolutionise it, it in terms of um, ex expertise and experience. Are there any startups or any, any brands or people that you're excited about right now? So I think there's, I mean, there's so many different brands evolving within the beauty space. And I think one of the great things for me about this, this industry overall is it very much feels like a collective and a supportive network. Mm. You know, I think what Glossier are doing is really interesting. I think they involve the consumer very much in the brand. Um, and I think that's a, a, an, an ex, exciting for them and exciting also to see how that kind of um, helps evolve the industry and the space as a whole. I love what Huda's been doing over the last couple of mm. years. I think she is an amazing woman. Um, she makes me laugh. She doesn't take herself too seriously. And she is also about supporting other brands, which I think is a really mm. inspiring uh, inspiring thing. And, you know, the launch of Drunk Elephant as well in the UK has also been very interesting because it has created a, um, a new type of skincare conversation or brought it to the fore that mm. maybe it was, it was bubbling away in kind of smaller layers. Certainly we saw it on our brands. Um, but I think just um, highlighted that skincare can be fun it doesn't need to be too scientific mm. although the science and the information is there if you yeah. want it mm. so it's sort of I think all of those brands are doing are doing good things for the industry it is, it is a very exciting time mm. but obviously it can be slightly overwhelming when you're on the other side of it which is something I um, often wonder about and I sometimes think with the advances in online shopping and it's so easy now whether you think there will be any impact on the high street moving forward in terms of actual footfall and going into store and having those one-to-one -one experiences that we talked about at the top. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us are facing uncertain times. You know, being in the UK right now is 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 not easy and, and we're seeing a lot of noise, obviously, around the high street and some mm. big retailers, which are, are very much a part of kind of the fabric of our business as well, mm. um, going through some challenges. Um, I have to say, though, I feel like the the kind of the storm that we're all heading into is also an enormous opportunity and I really believe that many retailers will embrace the opportunity that that presents to them in terms of having to transform and change mm. you know retail needs to look different consumers are looking for places to be not just shop and so as a result of that I think that um the kind of destination of um the high street is super important and creating spaces that you know, allow consumers not to just shop, but to kind of experience things, be educated, mm -hmm. socialize. Um, that's very much part of how we see retail, the future of retail as a, as a company. Um, and I think it's ex exciting, if a little terrifying, um, to be kind <laughs> of looking into the future to see what that might, might look like. 
Um, but I fundamentally believe that, you know, for all of our brands and for beauty in general, you know, women want to still touch, feel, smell and mm, um, enjoy the products. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you can experience a lot of it. And we're doing a huge amount of, of technology in terms of virtual try-ons and allowing brands like Smashbox and Estee Lauder to kind of be in your pocket 24-7, mm. which is really great and very innovative. But nothing beats, you know, really trying on the richness of that lipstick mm. at a matte counter um, for yourself and seeing how it looks and seeing how it makes you feel. So it will always be a part of, of who we are. And I'm excited um, to partner, actually, with, with many of the, the retailers as we kind of evolve the beauty, mm. um, the beauty experience for consumers. That was always one of my challenges when I was writing every week in a magazine about products, new launches or existing products, because it's such a subjective thing. So I never really touch perfume in editorial, because I think you just have to smell it. Yeah, so You'll true. You'll know. yeah. <laughs> smell a vision I'm like that's surely at some point we'll, 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 we'll be on our doorsteps maybe not by 2050 then exactly but it is such a subjective thing but one thing that has happened is we have content creators as I choose to call them I know that they're sometimes called influencers um, who have kind of added a, a step into the discovery mm. of swatching on YouTube or having very uh, interactive Instagram feeds being very clever about how they produce stuff do you have favorite content creators Oh, so many. I mean, I think I, um, for me, when it comes to beauty and content creation, I like people that have depth, expertise, credibility, teach me something. Um, so I think, but Just also, Sam and Nick uh, well, yes, I was actually, <laughs> so definitely Sam and Nick Chapman. Also, the reason I love them is because they're very real and mm. they have a sense of humor and I engage with them as people as mm. much as I engage with their yeah. expertise. Um, and I think that's why I you know, they, they have such enormous followings. Mm. Also someone like Caroline Hirons in skincare because she just has such a great depth of knowledge. Mm. And she's also slightly bonkers, but, you know, I like that too. Um, so that for me, I think is, um, I, I think they're great as sort of a, a, a collective team. Mm. Um, I really, um, I love the um, kind of up and coming names of the wardrobe icons. So what Laura and Petro are doing um, in the space of kind of fashion and beauty, also talking to a slightly older audience, um, which I think is really emerging in the social space. It's not just all about the territory for millennials and mm -hmm. kind of Gen um, Gen Z anymore, which I think is, is great. Um, I follow people like Lucy Williams and Peony Lim for their aesthetic. Mm. You know, I really enjoy, sometimes you need a bit of escapism, right? Um, and feeling um, like you're just getting away from the everyday. And I um, I think that social media also can help to to fuel that, which is, is a positive mm. thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's just a huge, huge, great big long list, but I think they're probably my top, top picks <laughs> for now. Uh, one of the things that I think is, a really wonderful development in beauty is diversity and inclusion, inclusivity. And the fact that when we talk about makeup, we're not just talking about ladies or girls, we're talking about ladies, girls, men, boys too. I, I like the fact that it's um, open to all. And I wondered how the Estee Lauder company brands were really addressing this or making sure that they were moving forward in the right direction on that score. Yeah, so I think, you know, this is a topic that's very dear to my heart and to many of our brands' heart, which is about, you know, any man, woman feeling included and part of the beauty conversation. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we've had to be quite pragmatic in the strides that we've taken to ensure that actually we are answering those beauty goals and those beauty needs. So about five years ago in the UK, we set up a, a department, um, which makes it all sound very structured. But I think, you know, 
um, it, we had to do that in order to make sure that there was a right, the, the focus and the lens was was on this conversation mm. for the business. Um, and that department, which sits within my team, is really all about getting underneath the skin of kind of beauty aspirations and goals of men and women of all ages that are in the UK or indeed visiting us from, from other countries. Mm. Um, and so we then surface those insights and that education in lots of different ways through the business. So run a huge number of education seminars with our teams on counter and our brands to help them to understand kind of the spirit um, mm. of what um, these men and women are looking for. There's also a huge feed of that that goes back into the innovation pipe. So with our teams in global to ensure that, you know, we've got the right shade ranges and mm. um, the right, um, you know, um, tinctures and, and, and tints within um, our color lines to make sure that they work on all skin tones. And also that we're using language that resonates with different communities, um, which I think is also really important because mm. the lexicon can be very different depending mm. on what your background is. Um, and then more practically, I suppose, we also work with um, kind of key opinion leaders um, that are, are part of different communities in the UK to, to talk to them about what it is that they feel we should be act more actively doing mm. in this space. Um, so we recently did um, a Beauty Box collaboration with um, Funmi Feto, who's a contributing editor um, at, at British Vogue, a, an amazing woman and a real champion mm. for our business. Um, and, and she helped us curate um, a selection of, of products that were right for um, the black British women. Um, we had an amazing response to it. Mm. The Beauty Box sold out within two weeks. Um, and it was just the social engagement that I actually felt really excited about. Mm. So that's one example of, of many different ways, I think, that we helped to surface insights in a very real way to service the kind of different needs of consumers um, and it's it's hugely important you know I'd love to get to a place honestly where that department didn't exist mm. which sounds crazy but I feel like it, it's a shame that we have to even have to talk about inclusivity mm. because that by its very nature means that we're not being progressive enough as an industry or you know and not, I'm not just talking about beauty I just mm. mean in general so I think the day that you don't ask me that question is the day when we've really all won yes isn't it just now our time together is drawing to a close so I think what I'd like to ask you about as a final thought is what are you most excited about for beauty whether it's estate order companies or the industry as a whole what are you most looking forward to happening that you see already on the horizon oh I think um more than ever now I think consumers are involved in conversations with our brands in uh, a kind of much more dual way. So I guess I'm excited about con continuing that conversation with consumers, helping them to feel part of the beauty conversation and kind of making sure that it is open and kind of uh, celebrated by everybody. I'm also super excited, I have to tell you, about so much innovation in terms of mm. products that are coming down the pipe from so many of our brands. Um, I think the day that I don't feel excited about newness and innovation is the day that I probably need to leave. <laughs> um, and I think overall, I think the spirit that beauty can and, and the positivity that I think our industry can play in, um, you know, men and women's lives of all ages is, is very important. And I think we've got a real responsibility to make sure that we continue to foster that. So I'm excited to see where that can take us. Because in a world where sometimes things can feel very tumultuous, you know, beauty can be something that can connect with everybody um, and create a real sense of community. So mm. I'm excited about that in our future, too. I'm excited, too. It's honestly, you are such a mine of information and it's so interesting 
to actually sit here and get to speak to you one-on-one about it. And I'm sure listeners will agree. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. We're delighted. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me anytime. Before you go, just a quick reminder that if you want to get in touch with me, all you have to do is email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or slide into my DMs where I'm at Emma Guns on Instagram and Twitter. You can also click the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this podcast, and join the closed Facebook group where there are wider discussions about all of the topics and episodes on this particular podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next one. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.